Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just $95, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Stop whatever you're doing. Close your emails. Pull into a lay-by. Put down that spoon. Stop jogging, for fuck's sake. It's time for News Thing, the podcast. Britain's longest-running and least-shit satirical podcast. Now, bringing you the facts that matter and the opinions that don't, please welcome your hosts, Sam Delaney and Andy Dawson. Hello and welcome to News Thing. A podcast from the makers of Top Flight Time Machine, which uh, takes a look at all the big news stories that have caught our eye uh, over the last few days. We had a gap last week, sorry about that. I'm Sam Delaney. I'm Andy Dawson. And I've got a frog in my throat already. No, that's an <coughs> egg and bacon sandwich in your throat, it, it, mate. Yeah, it is, yeah, to be fair. So we're here, we're face-to-face for a change, which is good, and we'll only lend extra quality to the uh, podcast that's about to follow. Don't, don't make any promises, we definitely can't keep them. A- Andy... We, yeah. s- we say that it's early in the morning. You've just uh, consumed, you've just uh, inhaled your uh, egg and bacon sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you've got a, what can only be described as a venti coffee there. Yep. Right? Um, and that is the way That's that one, you, Andy Dawson, it's the biggest one. You and Andy Do- you Andy Dawson set your that's your daily that's how your daily regime begins. Every day without fear. Is that the beginning or have you been have you been on the train on the way down from the no, northeast today? No, I, I stayed over in London last right. night. This is this is regular for me. The reason uh, I'm talking about your rigorous daily regime is that another man with similar standards to your own oh. has revealed his on social media this week. I'm talking, of course, about Mark Wahlberg. You segued beautifully into that. One of my favourite uh, film stars. And also a leader of the Funky Bunch. Yes, leader Back of the, the Funky Bunch. He's done so many great things, hasn't he, Mark mm. Wahlberg? And one of the things I've always admired about him is his gorgeous physique, which he has maintained right into his late 40s. He's 47 years old now. He's still got the six-pack and the, and the guns and all the rest of it. And he's uh, he revealed to his fans this week how he achieved that. And it's quite something, isn't it? Yeah, well, he, he posted an actual list of his daily schedule, starting mm. at 2.30am wake-up, mm. which is ludicrous, and then he goes into 2.45am prayer time, so it takes him 15 minutes to wake up. Well, so he's, I'm, he's I'm like that, like, though. Yeah, kind of like the rest of us. Uh, 30 minutes of prayer time, it says here, at 2.45am, then breakfast, which lasts 25 minutes. That's a very precise time for a breakfast. Mm. Then there's a workout, you know, I don't know what that is. Um, it's a long workout as well, a long though. Workout till five thirty. Now, hang on, three forty till five fifteen workout. Then there's a fifteen minute gap. So there's a question there to be asked. Then he's towelling himself off, maybe f- f- fifteen minutes. Mm. Mm. 
G. Arthur, I he's think. He's got a lot of, lot of body. First G. Arthur of the morning that yeah. he doesn't talk about. Then a post-workout meal, then a shower. 7.30 till 8am, it says golf. Half an hour's Half golf. Half an hour of golf. Was I'm not a golfer. I'm not a golfer, but... Uh, as I understand it, you need to put half a day aside for definitely, for golf, don't you? Yeah, You've got to get all your silly clothes on first, your jodhpurs and that. Yeah. Um, even if you had a crazy golf, you know, sometimes I've spent half an hour just trying to get through the fucking windmill. Exactly. You have to try about like forty times sometimes. Yeah. And there's that one on the ninth hole where it's where there's a, a, a jumps over like a ravine, and you've got to hit it so it'll go over. But yeah. then sometimes it'll go too far and go off the end. And I've been stuck on that shit for well over half an hour. One well, hole. So I don't know what kind of golf fair, he's playing. Wahlberg's an achiever, so he's obviously mastered mm. this crazy golf course that he's got. Yes. He's got it down to 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, then another snack. And then cry- a, sna- a snack that's in there for an hour and a half. So it's got to be some fucking is, snack. This, this is another one I can identify, the 90-minute snack. Yeah. Uh, then cry your chamber recovery. Do you know what that is? No. I think he mentions it right in, uh, in this BBC story I'm looking at. Cryotherapy recovery is a treatment favoured by athletes using liquid nitrogen to briefly plunge the air to a temperature below 100 degrees centigrade, or Celsius as they say now, to alleviate muscle and joint pain. Well, and he does that for an hour. An hour in there, it sounds fucking cold. I tell you what, I, I, first I read it as a cry chamber recovery, which is something that I would like. Again, that is something we could both identify with. Just an hour I'd of like crying. Just a room I can lock myself in, soundproof, so the kids don't have to hear. Because we're both family men, so an hour yeah. of crying a day it, I don't, seems it's, right. It's not ideal. Sometimes, I suppose, like all men of our age, fathers of our age, the toilet is very much our cry chamber. Very much Sometimes so. you'll go in there, sit on the loo and just have a good cry, but often the kids can hear. Hmm. Dad, Daddy, are you crying in there? Yeah. And you might just go silent and think, well, maybe, maybe just they'll go away. Suppress the sobbing. <laughs> Swallowing the tears. Hmm. Um, but it's not ideal if they hear. So a cry chamber would be a great yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know how many kids he's got, but that's, that's probably yeah. a, a type of what will be a cry chamber, I imagine. Then another snack. Uh, that's a 30-minute snack. Second one of the day. Whoa, hang on. He's had an, uh, so that means between 8 and 11 a.m., He's devoted two hours to snacks. Good man. Either side now of the Now I'm warming chamber. to him. Yeah, it's starting to feel more like the kind of regime I can I'm buy guessing into. it's it's an Andy Dawson classic. He has a uh, a bap with egg and bacon mm-hmm. and a venti americano. Almost certainly. Then there's family time, so maybe the cry chamber is to is to sort of ready himself. Yeah, fortify <laughs> himself. And you know, first you have a right good cry, Get and then you out. have a big meal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's important. I tell you what is important for real. Mm-hmm. When I go home in the evening from work, another frustrating day in the office, you know. Yeah. And uh, you're going home and you're thinking about your worries and your stresses. And if I'm hungry, I will not be the father I should be because I will be do distracted. You get, do you get hungry? I get hangry. Yeah, me I too. Get, I get uh, distracted, grumpy, and I'm not. My head's not in the game. So it's quite good to always pre-prepare for family time with not a little snack. Try and get yourself really full up so there's a lot of energy in you when you get into the house. Like a big baguette. Big baguette. Stand in the front garden. Cheese in it. I'll stand in the front yard just Mm. looking through the window at the kids, peeping so they can't see me. Because if they see me, they'll come out before I finish the baguette. So Mm. I crouch down and I peep through a little gap in the blinds and I consume a massive baguette, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, then, like, maybe knock back something like a super malt, a can of super malt, something like that. Something that's really. I don't know what that is. It's like one of those nutritional things. No. 
It's a nutritional sort of malted drink. Anyway. All the, all the roid heads take. Yeah. Just anything. Just fill my my face with calories. And then eventually when I feel suitably, like, stuffed full, hmm. go in the door. Hi, kids. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> this is after you've had a cry. Yeah, I have a little cry. And then I'm good to go. I'm ready to be super dad. Ready to be. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so he does two hours of family time. Then it says meetings and work calls. So that'll be about five minutes of the family, do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. And then up into his is den. That, that, it's telltale where it goes family time slash meetings slash work calls. Yeah. It's like, mate, that defeats the, the idea of family time. It's either family time or it isn't. Well, it isn't, is it? No. And then lunch, so it's time for more eating yeah. for Wahlberg. To recover. Yeah. And then 2pm, more meetings and more work calls. Oh, boring. And then 3pm, pick up kids at school. Mm. Ah, so family time is 11am. The kids get picked up at 3, so family time must be him and his wife. Utter crap, that family time. He's fucking admitted that it's a lie. He's dropped that in just to make him sound like a good fella, hasn't he? Yeah, it's bullshit. So that's bollocks. Pick up Unless the kids he's going to see the white... Oh, I go and visit some cousins and an old aunt at that time. Yeah. They're my family. Bullshit. Who who have kept it real by not moving into a big big house. He hasn't yeah. bought a big house for them. He likes to keep it real by going back to the, yeah, the he goes, shack. He goes to... The, or maybe he sky, skypes them in their hovel in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Live from his LA mansion. Yeah, that's what that'll be. Mm. Uh, then again, picks the kids up. Then another snack. Yeah. At uh, three p.m., three thirty snack. Workout number two. Just a one-hour workout this time, uh, and then a shower. Again, the shower takes thirty minutes. It says here. So that's G. Arthur number two yeah. of the day. I reckon. Lovely. Um, nicely spaced out as well. Very effective. Well, yeah, he's had time to re-replenish the stocks. <laughs> 5.30 p.m. dinner, stroke family time again. Uh, that takes two hours. And then 7.30 p.m. bedtime, just go, when extended I'm starts. I'm Wahlberg. You know how long it takes me for my ball back to get refueled between jerking off? I have one jerk off. Let's see now. When was that? I have a jerk off at 6 a.m. And then I jerk off again in the shower at 5 p.m. And I'm fully refueled. That's 11 hours. Yeah, that's because of the amount of zinc I'm eating in my meal. In the snacks, I eat a lot of spinach. I'm practically throbbing <laughs> by 6 p.m. for the se- for, Sorry, by 5 p.m. for the second one. Mm. And it's over in it's different. a matter of seconds. Back when I was in the Funky Punch, I would be doing that eight or nine times a day. I'd be rubbing myself raw. <laughs> and the Funky Bunch would look on and say, Marky Mark, what are you doing? We got a B-side to lay down. <laughs> Stop whacking off. <laughs> and then he goes to bed at half seven. Boring cunt. <laughs> Before all the good telly comes on. Yeah. What time do you go to bed? Me, as late as possible, usually. I go Midnight. to bed at like 10.30. I've started going to bed earlier, though. I think it's an age thing. I've, I'm 46 I've been doing now. it for years. Do you recommend like, it? Do, do you get you, up early? Uh, pretty early, about six, something Ooh, like that. Fuck, that's weird. Yeah, but the kids have to get off quite early to school. I get, but the... um. Yeah, I go to bed early, but I've got mates who will, even when like everyone else in the house has gone to sleep, stay up, because I think it's a hangover from when you were literally still an adolescent, mm. where you sort of thought, it's really boring. Like, my best mate, he thinks it's boring to mm. go to bed before one, even if actually all he's doing is just... So he'll, like, stay... Switching bib station. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone, his, his wife and kids have gone to sleep, but his wife knows he'll never go... Unless, like, there is an actual verbalised guarantee of sex from yeah. his wife which I assume is rare, right? He will 
think no there's a there's only a there's an outside chance of any sex so I, I might as well just stay down here yeah because he feels that if he doesn't stay up till one at, at least then he feels like oh he's really boring he's and wasted sad. his day wasted his evening yeah but he's just sat there on the sofa there's nothing <clears> to watch or do well, that's he'd be my watching something well. weird on Eurosport or something like that that's my life as well I think you might as well have the sweet release of sleep but th- the thing is I've got two kids and they, they tend to stay up the earliest one the youngest one goes to bed at like sort of like quarter to ten, right. and then my daughter, who's fourteen, is like knocking around until about midnight at least. So wow. I have to wait till she goes to bed usually. Yeah, but it means I can't watch any adult content on the telly. I'm not talking about no, you know babe not, No, no, but something that she'd something find boring, like a documentary or something. Yeah, that's disturbing. Or, or something that's got a bit of you know something that's got knockers in it, for example. Oh, I see. I was trying like an to look episode on the... of, an episode of the Sweeney. Mm. <clears throat> because you know she's going to walk in. Great, and it's going to be a few great Knockers episodes, isn't there? Oh, isn't superb there? ones! I think yeah. There's a Knockers compilation on YouTube, but it's, uh, it's put those away, love. Yeah, put your knickers on and get a kettle on, and put those Knockers away for fuck's sake. Um, what was the point I was making? I don't think there was one. But well, I talking about fucking content. bullseye repeats. Yeah, so I've already seen. I was watching that program, The Bodyguard, last night. Um, I've heard that's racy. It's a bit racy at times, yeah. Keely Hall's very attractive, and um, yeah. they say that the <clears> bloke <throat> yeah. playing the, the bodyguards are attractive as well. But didn't notice. It's all right. It's you know, it's pretty good. But my daughter had gone to bed, and she came down. She'd been up there for about forty-five minutes. I thought she was asleep. She'd woken up. Maybe she'd had a bad dream. And it's not that racy. But there's a bit where Keely Hall's playing the Home Secretary. It's easily the raciest bit I've seen. I think I've seen right three episodes. It, like suddenly, she's undone her trousers. This is the Home Secretary. So it's like Theresa May. Yeah, or well, the current Home Secretary is Side Javid. So imagine him doing this. He's open. She's opened her trousers up, unbuttoned her flies, and just put her hand down her knickers and started interfering with herself. Fucking hell! What? I could not believe it. I've looked at my. I've like, what the hell is going on here? And of course, that's the moment you hear the door opening because your daughter's coming in. And I know she already suspects that we're watching. I don't know what she thinks we're watching, but you know, like when you're a kid and you go to bed, you you wonder about what is it that my parents are doing. Yeah. And actually, there's not. I mean, we're watching boring things mm-hmm. usually. And fucking Keely Hawes, the Home Secretary, has got around in her knickers. It was. Jesus I was like Christ. fumbling around. I was like a teenage boy who'd been caught watching porn. I was like, fucking, <laughs> yeah, I like leapt across the room and grabbed the zapper. <laughs> The remote and fucking switched over in all one slick move. It was quite impressive, actually. Um, yeah, that's quite good. Oh, yeah, this is a question for you and the listeners that we can answer now or, or at a later date. Right. But what is the best bit in a film ever? Fucking of of all what? the bits. Of all the bits. Oh, that's, that's too big a question just to throw at me now. I know. Like that's that. why I'm throwing it at you. The best bit What's the best bit in a film? film? Because it, you know, <clears throat> it, when you're a kid, you like a lot of people might have thought it was the bit where Indiana Jones reaches under that door, that trap door, and gets his hat back just in time. I can tell you what it is. Oh yeah, it's the bit in the Likely Lads film <laughs> where Bob and Terry have had a falling out, and Bob's uh, come come along to see Terry and try and make it up, and Terry's doing a bit of fishing, mm. and he says, "All right, kidder." He says, uh, "Yeah." He says, "Want some coffee?" I'd offer you a can, but I've only got six. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. And my other favourite bit in any film is from the Penguins of Madagascar film. Oh yeah, that's a great film. Where um, what is what's the line again? Um, the, the the penguins see a leopard seal, 
Mm. And one of the penguins goes, whichever the boss penguin is, you know, the yeah, funniest yeah, one. Yeah. He goes, mm, the leopard seal, nature snakes. <laughs> <laughs> nature snakes. That's Fuck very me, good. That's brilliant. That is I can really watch good. that. That line is just someone's isolated and put it on YouTube. Yeah. I can watch that over and over again. It's a great movie. The penguins are funny in all of those movies, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so what's your favourite bit in any I don't film? know. I mean, oh, I, what well, you, I've just, it's something I'm question. thinking, I've been thinking about. There's, there's three things I can I, I remember loving when I was a kid. One is Indiana Jones grabbing that hat just as you think he's going to die. Yeah. And he rolls under and then reaches back to get the hat. That's good because you always want clap. Also in Indiana Jones, same movie, two of the best bits ever. When he, I mean, now we're familiar with it, but can you remember how he felt the first time that geezer comes up to him in the market and starts doing the sword play? Yeah. And Indy just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Yeah. That's definitely. one of the best bits. And I also quite like it when they escape from Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. That's good, yeah. You think all is lost, and then suddenly Luke jumps off that, you know, he has to walk the plank into yeah. that giant fanny. <laughs> Jabba's putting him into a massive fanny in the middle <laughs> of the desert. that's what it is, yeah. And he's just about to fall and have death by giant fanny. And suddenly he jumps off the edge, spins, grabs hold of the end of it, does a fucking Jedi somersault, <laughs> and R2-D2 fires a lightsaber across from the fucking, from Jabba's boat, <laughs> his flying boat. And uh, Luke just fucking catches it and just fucking starts going absolutely, he causes mayhem. It is, it is yeah. That is a wicked bit. Um, so those are three three things. You've you've had one. Um, you've chosen ones from from childhood, from children's films, basically. Well, they live with me more. Yeah, I mean, there's other films where there's great. You can't bits. go back, Sam. You you can't go back. Rita Sue and Bob Two has like about <laughs> a dozen contenders. Yeah. Um, it, like I thought, I were great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, Bob. <coughs> Come on, then, morning, Minnie. And just the opening scene where the drunk dad is just walking yeah. across the estate. And the first time you ever see the film, you think, oh, is this going to be one of those bleak films, you know? Oh, is it going to be like a Ken Loach film and everyone's going to be really, like, poor and it's going to be so depressing? And you see it and it's on this bleak estate in Bradford and this and the mad old dad is, like, pissed out of his head and he's shuffling along. You think, oh, God, I don't think I can get through this. <laughs> and then a dog wanders up and starts yapping around his leg. And he shakes the dog off and just goes, fuck off. And that's the opening line of the film. And it's also arguably the best bit. And right up there amongst the best bits of all time. So our listeners could get in touch. We might put this out on Top Flight Time Machine as well. And then on Twitter, we can sort of try to work towards compiling the best ever bit. Okay. Yeah. We can bang this out on TalkSport next week as well, because we're on that. Yeah, the best bit. That's great. On TalkSport next Wednesday, that'll be our setup. What's the best bit ever? Of anything. Of anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's the best thing <laughs> yeah, it's a very simple question what's the best thing what's your favourite colour yeah uh, right Marky Mark's dealt with then I think yeah Dispatched. well done Marky Mark no wonder you look so gorgeous we will start trying that out and we'll report back on future episodes of um, News Thing as to how it's going When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, now, let's, the Jacob Rees-Mogg was um, approached outside his house. He was coming out with his kids mm-hmm. and his, uh, don't know, like maybe his missus. And um, was the nanny what are his well? kids called again? There's Jocasta oh, um, one of them. Sunjun. Um, Saturday. Uh, Febreze. And uh, Aviva. Pok Choi. Yeah, Pok Choi. Um, Morning Glory. <laughs> Onesie <laughs> <laughs> and butterscotch. Oh, I'm just looking at Angel it. Says here, his, his, his wife is called Helena de Cher. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Which, of course, translates into English as Helena the Chair. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something from like a carry on film, that name, doesn't it? <laughs> Helena de Cher. Anyway. Uh, Sixtus Dominic Boniface Christopher is one of them. Oh, I'm not going to get into it. We haven't got long enough. Get, Look, what they were all coming out, and some bloke is doing a protest. Um, veteran anarchist Ian Bone. Mm-hmm. At first, I read that as veteran <clears throat> antichrist uh, <laughs> Ian Bone, but it was an anarchist and uh, some other demonstrators. They heckled the children, and even worse, the nanny. No way. Leave her out of it. She's just a worker. She's just a worker. It's like, she's got no, it's not her fault. She's just trying to earn a living. Ian Bone is the originator of the class war movement a newspaper oh. and surely the nanny is one of the workers that he's trying to emancipate yeah well one of the things he's saying he's saying to the kids mm. yeah you've got a nanny looks after you your daddy doesn't pay her very much he doesn't really he, do, he doesn't believe in minimum wage right and it's like oh that's his little concession to showing that he's at what he's actually doing doesn't really make any political point and, you know, it's just so nasty. When you see it, you sort of think, mate, what's your fucking problem? And you're sat there Cunt. looking at fucking Jacob Rees-Mogg, who ordinarily you'd think was a bit of a prick. Yeah. And I'm feeling fucking... I mean, look, if you're standing there, Andy, mm-hmm. with your kids... Yeah, and my nanny. And your nanny. Yeah. Right? And uh, who is gorgeous, by the way. Oh, yeah. And... Um, I don't skimp when it And you're coming out of your Sunderland mansion, and I can imagine round your way, there probably is a lot of bitterness towards you because you come to London a lot. And, and I'm, an, you know, I'm an achiever. You're an achiever, yeah. and you probably waltz around the I, place I, I, like I, the Lord I, of the yeah, Manor. I do flaunt, flaunt yes. the, uh, the the achievements. Yeah, chucking money yeah. around, mm-hmm. like being asked for autographs in the pub, all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, if this this could actually happen to you, and then you know the the um, <clears throat> Sunderland wing of class war are outside there shouting at your kids. 
Your dad's not very nice. Your mm. dad doesn't pay the nanny much. Your dad's a bastard. <laughs> you'd be like, um, you'd come out swinging. Yeah. And you're definitely. not a violent man, but you would uh, come no. out swinging. I'm more violent than Jacob Reese Mogg is, though, I yeah. imagine. I know, but you know about Jacob Reese Mogg, don't you reckon he'd be the sort that if. One of these days, someone's going to push him too far. Because there's a lot of videos going around of Jacob Rees-Mogg being attacked by people verbally. Yeah, and he just and sort he, of stone-faced. He, he always comes out of it really well. Like, he always is polite. Mm. He tries to engage with them. He never bottles it, by the way. He never does a runner or hides behind security. Like Boris Johnson. Like Boris Johnson. He always fucking, you know, he'll engage with them politely. Yeah. And sometimes he disarms them, sometimes he doesn't. Tries to kill them with kindness, but doesn't one, he? But one of these days, right, they push him too far. Don't, I can just imagine him removing his jacket very gingerly, hmm. hanging it neatly somewhere, and then adopting a kung fu pose. And it turns out he's a he's fucking incredible at karate. And he just fucking takes out a room of anarchists. But really, and then afterwards, once he's finished, and they're all lying around him, yeah. you know, bloodied and bruised yeah. and crying, he just very carefully puts his jacket back on, you know, brushes himself mm. down, neatens his hair, and says something like, Thank you, gentlemen, for a very invigorating exchange. <laughs> Good day. And then strolls off because you fucking know it's exactly the sort of thing people like him. Do you know what I mean? Kids like that, he probably had like his dad paid for like a ninja to come over from yeah. fucking Japan and teach and be his personal ninja trainer and live in when, the he nursery with him when he was a kid. Exactly. So he's a, so you know, you say you're more violent. <clears throat> yeah, you probably have more violent instincts, but you're more of a like a, a brutish street fighter when pushed. Whereas Reese Mogg, one of these days, is gonna fucking show some amazing karate skills. And this geezer Ian Bone is lucky that he wasn't on the other end of it because it was a horrible thing to witness. And do you know what? It is reflective, Andy, of a sourness in our society right yeah. now where there is a lot of division and a lot of hatred that I think is based on a lot of superficialities because alright Reese Mogg criticises policies whatever but people that that guy doesn't like Reese Mogg because Reese Mogg comes across as posh and you get a lot of that on Twitter <clears throat> and it doesn't really get you anywhere no I think the problem with, with Twitter is when Twitter first started in like about 2008, whatever it was, and I was on there about 2009, the only people on there were the genuinely curious and like early adopters and people who were kind Stephen of a bit Fry. switched on. Yeah. And then gradually, as the lump and proletariat have got on there and realised that it's an outlet for their voice, mm. where they previously didn't have an outlet because their opinions were fucking horrific. Pointless. Pointless. Uh, they've now grown and swollen into this this mass of of fucking awfulness mm. that is basically Twitter, and you've still got them people, them few people who were there at the beginning. So going, uh, uh, no, no, we can't take any more of this. Stop this. Make this stop. Ban the Nazis and everything. And um, that's kind of what's led the, the likes of Ian Bourne, who previously was a marginalised figure. Ian Bone, now, yeah, sort of, he's been given confidence. By by other dickheads yeah. that are in the public realm yeah. spouting off similarly. It's like the way that you get all these Corbynistas and they 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 hate on what they call Tories, but they sort of call anyone a Tory. Anyone who's not one of them. Anyone who's not one of them is, is a Tory. And they, and, then, and they never go particularly into what their objections are about yeah. so-called Tories either, yeah. do they? I mean, you know, they spend a lot neither of time. you or I are Tories. No. But I have known Tories socially. I have. And, you know, I don't fucking... 
I don't start butt fucking steaming into them because of what they think about the the nuances of how the economy should be managed. Well, are you saying that we're, we're Tories in their eyes? We're oh. cent- we're just centrist dads oh, yeah, trying yeah. to get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, cry chambers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we'd be Tories but in, in their eyes. But they call Tories. But they call everyone fucking Tories. And you've got to ask yourself, what's your problem with Tories? If you if you can articulate <clears> what the problem is, then we might get somewhere. F- but firstly, if it's a sneering tribal thing, like, you know, you're posh and we're not, do you know what I mean? And for, half, half of them, of course, are quite posh. Oh, these the, the far left are very posh. Yeah. I mean, f- first of all, what's your objective? Is your objective to, to get the Labour Party into power and into the government? Mm. If it is, why are you going around calling all the people whose votes you need Tories? Yeah. Yeah, why are you going around acting the cunt? I mean, yeah. who do they hate more than anyone? Tony Blair. What did Tony Blair do? Go around and make people like him? Yeah. Smiling? Um, he, beca- they- he, beca- he presented an electable face. He did, and they're going, you know, <clears throat> oh, well, we hate him, and we think that's all bollocks, and you're a sellout if you try to make people like you. I'm not saying adopt the policies of Tony Blair. That's your business. But they're literally... People like this Ian Bone and a lot of the the, the left... They're going around acting the cunt. And do you know what happens is that who, who ends up looking good out of that whole exchange, which is symbolic of a wider sort of uh, confrontation and conflict in society? Reese Mogg. Jacob Reese Mogg. Re- Look for, where we are now. For Reese Mogg, <clears throat> read all the people who might be Tories with opinions that we might not agree with and, and endorse policies that we don't think are very good. But they come out of it looking better because, mm. if anything, and this is a weird thing to say, but they come across as more British in as much as, you know, what he showed was calm, good manners. And do you know what else he did? He tweeted, I can't remember the exact words, but I saw last night that he had tweeted, to be clear, the people who confronted me and my children outside our home yesterday had nothing whatsoever to do with either Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour Party, or the, or the broader leftist oh, movement. See, you've given him the fucking and, and ammunition he, to yeah, do that. And then he wrote, but he said they're not. And he said, I always play the ball, not the man. Oh, and he came across as... Yeah, because everyone would have been going, oh, he's fucking leftist. Which is sort of what we're doing now, actually, because we are broadening it out and tarring them all the same brush. We're not saying that that guy in Bone had anything to do with Corbyn, but we do think that it's symbolic of a, a wider sort of attitude amongst people in society. So anyway... He has appeared at rallies Re- with Corbyn. Reese Mogg... Comes out of the whole thing. Well, Corbyn, who's from quite, a, as I understand it, a well-to-do background himself, he is a hater of anyone who he perceives to have been from even a, a vaguely privileged background. He's a hater of them, but he, he himself is from more of a privileged background than most of us. Yeah, it must be that. It must be that. Guilt. Mm. You know, that, don't feel guilty, mate. I don't know what it is. It, it, it's, it's some desire to tell people how to live their lives. Yeah, exactly. Which well, is what, by the like way, me and you doing that? Really, exactly. But by the way, that's what everyone's always worried about about the left. They think that's the fucking big agenda of the left is yeah. they're going to tell us how to live our lives. Some kind of that's totalitarian what people, That's regime. what people think it always drifts into. Uh, it, and I don't think it need to, although, like you say, we're you and I in it a position with, to did, call the it, shots. It did with New Labour, though. If you remember, New Labour seemed great in 97 when it first started. Mm. But by the end, by the time Blair went and Brown took over, yeah. there was a lot of um, nanny state was the, the thing that kept getting mentioned. Well, they passed more pieces of actual legislation. They introduced more laws yeah. than any other government in the history of the, the, the United Kingdom. 
uh, and proportionally as well because obviously they're in power a long time they're in 13 years but even if you break it down you know, to an average of laws per year you know Tories don't actually put many laws on yeah. such because that's the old point of being a Tory you're like small government yeah. and Labour although they presented themselves as slightly more libertarian perhaps than than you know old Labour they were pa- they were passing them left, right, and centre. By the they, end, they, they, they were, were going to bring in ID cards, and yeah. DNA databases, and all that kind of thing. They, they'd stayed in. They definitely would have passed all this thing that Jamie Oliver wants. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a fan of Jamie Oliver. I think he gets bad rap, but he wants. He, you know, they, they would if it, if they, if Labour was still in power, he'd be making hay with them. Because calorie counts on menus. They, they would have put all the laws in about what you and the likes of you and I hmm. brilliant dads mm-hmm. who just you know give us our space to cry and we will that's all we and ask a baguette. For. and a baguette once in a while and we will raise children our children your children you know whoever we will we will set the template for good for parenthood but they would legislate to try and tell us what whether we could feed our kids like a grab bag of hula hoops, yeah, for instance. It'd be a nightmare. So when, for when breakfast, lunch, so when and Corbyn gets in, <laughs> it's going to be worse because the the far left are going to be even more totalitarian he'll, he'll, than than the, the libertarian centrists exactly. would have been. You've seen what the centrists were like. Imagine what the proper left wingers are like. We'll all be fucking made to be vegans. Should we start a centrist dad party? Me and you. Yeah, we could, but we are sitting here sounding quite Daily Mail. <laughs> so actually, I'm worried about what we'd do. But that's the thing, isn't it? The left kind of almost make you more right wing. That's they what can happens, do. yeah. It's the horseshoe, apparently. Yeah, fucking hell. All right, well, anyway, look, let's forget about because it's upsetting us. Well, while we're, talk- while we're being centrist dad, let's talk about John Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now that's a great centrist dad shot. And uh, I'm astounded because, obviously, it goes without saying, I'm a massive fan of John Lewis, and I was under the impression that it was thriving. I'll tell you why. One of the reasons is is that I've got a mate. Well, she's a former colleague, and I'm still in touch with her. She's a lovely girl. And uh, her sister is the extremely glamorous Mm, MD of John Lewis. Have you seen that? No. John Lewis have got a really I'm just Google extremely beautiful, glamorous. A beautiful and glamorous managing director. Is she director. more glamorous than the Croatian Prime Minister from the World Oh, Cup? yeah, she is actually. Oh. And, um, you know, I shouldn't really objectify her by talking about who is a woman who is a successful business person. Mention her looks is probably sexist and belittling. But look. Do you know her name? Paula Nichols, is that her? That's it. So I know her sister, Faye, and her sister, Faye, has often posted things on Facebook. Uh, oh, my sister's in the news again. I'm really proud oh. of her. Have you seen a picture oh, of her? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and so she's always in the news again, the woman charged with turning round John Lewis's fortunes. And because she's in the paper a lot, and because I've seen a few new John Lewis's open recently, I've oh, thought, bet fucking you hell, down here. John yeah, Lewis is have. fucking thriving. Huh. But no. And my little bubble, my John Lewis bubble, I think it's fucking... That's like my cousin who lives in New York, and he thought that The Guardian, because I sometimes write for The Guardian, and he was going, oh, God, you must be... (laughs) He lives in New York, right? And he goes, you must be coining it in writing for The Guardian. I said, what are you talking about? I said, have you not heard journalism's in crisis? You barely get paid for it. And he goes, yeah, but The Guardian, I mean, that's the most popular paper. I said, what? He said, it's the most popular paper, isn't it? I thought that was the one that had survived crisis. I said... It's always been the lowest selling broadsheet. You know that, right? And it's because he lives in 
uh, part of Manhattan, downtown Manhattan, that yeah. is pretty much the most liberal bourgeois spot on earth, right. really. And it's all the New York Times and The Guardian, and they all hate Trump and they love all the liberal causes, and that's great. But you can get locked in so much of a bubble that you imagine that The Guardian is the paper read by 90% of the population globally because the only other people you meet or interact with are people exactly like you. Mm. And ditto John Lewis. You say that. Do you know know how far away my nearest Waitrose is? How far away would your nearest Waitrose be Uh, from where you live? In the car, I can get to my nearest Waitrose with no traffic. I can get there in seven minutes. So you think about a mile and a half, do you reckon? Yeah, about that. Right. About that. My nearest one, 16 and a half miles away. But, mate, there's In no... Newcastle but City there's, Centre. You, you don't need one because there is no market. They could open one round your way. No one wants... It's not just about money. You don't want the way. Well, why can't food. we have one? You don't... Because you don't want it. I've been in one. There's one round here near Tottenham. Yeah, and what, how did you feel? Confused, <laughs> I bet. I get nice coffee from it. Well, you can get nice coffees, I'm sure. The bacon there's... sandwich in there, you get too much bacon. Well, there you go. Exactly. This is what I'm saying, Andy. If Paula Nichols is listening to this, cut down on the bacon in the bacon roll. <laughs> this is why she's. Get. This is why she's not expanding she's into away. Sunderland because there's going to be attitudes like this. She's thinking it's not worth the fucking trouble. No, They'll all come in. Up. You're picking you're shit up. A family of four on one of them bacon rolls. You'll be picking it up, throwing things around. <laughs> All of you, like marching in the place would be like a mess within 10 minutes of the doors opening in the middle mm. of Sunderland. That waitrose would be the fixtures and fittings of the copper wiring would be torn out of the walls. <laughs> Everything there'd be people just like bashing things over, like, over there. The man sat on the top of the shelves. We're just curious, yeah. I know, but it's it's like when you go to a safari park and the chimps get and you can't pull the fucking yeah, area well, off. Yeah, but could they not start with one of the little waitroses <laughs> and not one of them first as a kind of a gateway? A gateway weird No rules. point, mate. You've got your convenience stores. You've got everything you need. You've got your Frey Bentos pies. You've got your sausage rolls in your thermos flasks. That's this enough. This is fucking Tory central, this. <laughs> so anyway, why has John Lewis done so badly? The employee-owned business. Oh, yeah, it's like Barcelona. They let everyone have a share. <laughs> yeah. uh, which also includes... Yeah, so it's quite a socialist sort yeah, the, of cooperative, it is, isn't it? In theory, it's a, and that, it's a and good And I tell thing. you what, one thing about John Lewis is the customer service is unrivaled in-store. Yeah. I'm not sure. If you order something <clears throat> online or over the phone, it might not be as good. But when you're in-store, it's amazing. But uh, is that not because the, the partners, as they're called, have all got a stake in exactly. it? Exactly. So, so it works. Socialist utopia. It's fucking great. They're all into it. It is like a socialist utopia because you go in and they and I have actually done this. This is something that you might enjoy. I've gone into a department and whoever works in that department, it's not like we've talked before. You know, like if you're in a sports director or if you're in like um, a uh, Dixon's or whatever it's called now, mm-hmm. right? And you go up to the geezer or a mobile phone shop. That's a good one. You go, you go, excuse me, mate. And he's just talking to his mate. There's two Asian lads. They've both got sort of Diamante earrings yeah. and they reek of links, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got a, a shitload of product in their hair, right? And they're sort of like very much budget Cristiano Ronaldo's. <laughs> and they're just chatting to each other about bullshit, making up lies yeah. about birds who they who they reckon yeah. they've had it off with. It sounds great, doesn't and it? You're, and, you're like, and, you're tr- and you're standing there for ages trying to get their attention. And you go, excuse me, mate. Can you, uh, can I, can you help me with something? Yeah, of course, mate. I'm just trying to choose between this phone and another phone. Can you tell me what this one's like? Yes, good phone, you know. <laughs> Yes. Um, do you think it's worth getting? I need blah, 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 blah. 
The other one I've heard, it might be a little bit... I don't know, man. It, like, it's a good phone, you know, but it's up to you. I use lots of data because I'm on the move quite a bit. Yeah, you know, what's I'd the data package that. like with this I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know, you know. It's, it's like, it's, it's pretty good, but, you know, it's up to you. Yeah, I know it's up to me, but I'm asking your opinion because you work here in the shop. Well, me personally... Me personally, I got a iPhone X, you know, because you know I got a discount on it because uh, stuff discount. But I don't know, like that's a good phone too, you know. You're like, mate, fucking throw me a bone there. You said you wouldn't get that in John Lewis. John Lewis, I've gone into John Lewis even when I have no intention of buying something, and I've gone to the kitchen department, and I've gone up to the bloke, and it'll very much be a sort of suits you, sir. It's very often mm. a man, a silvery hair, a silver fox, slightly yeah. camp. Yeah. Very attentive. Hello, can I help? Uh-huh. Yeah. What would you say is the best, the best money no object frying pan that you've got? Yeah. Fuck me. He's talked me through it for like 10 minutes yeah. and it's amazing. He's telling you why and everything. And you don't even need a frying pan. You've just gone in for that one. experience just to, just to brighten your day. But that is one example where I did ask him just to brighten my day because I had time to kill. Just, cause, just to talk to someone. And he talked me through it and he told me the difference between a good one and a bad one and all the rest of it. And in the end, he told me which the best one was. And I can't remember the name, but it's a French brand. How right? much was it? How much did it cost? Well, it was about, I don't know, it was a lot of money. It was like 50 quid or something like that, right? But do you know what I did at Christmas time on oh, my on my birthday? No, my fucking my uh, sister in law said, "What would you like?" And she's quite intense. She's really good at buying presents, but she's really intense about asking you. If you don't give her an answer, she gets really fucked up. Yeah. So you feel under pressure. You go, what? Listen, I've got to get your birthday present. What do you want? Just tell me what you want. So you're under pressure to say something. You can't. If you give her a sort of, oh, I don't know, I'm happy with anything to be honest. She's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Mm. So I said, "Ah." I was under loads of pressure. I said, there's a great frying pan in John Lewis. <laughs> and I remembered the name of it because I'd written it down somewhere. And I told her it and she fucking bought it for me. I've still got it. And yeah. he was right. It stays it's non-stick brilliant. forever. Because on most frying pans, they make it out of some cheap metal and then they spray or paint on the non-stick, the non-stick resin or whatever it is. This particular pan, right, mm. the metal itself, it's inbuilt. It's, it's inherent the in stuff. the metal. It's made out of the stuff, which means that the non-stickness will never wear off. This is what I always say, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. Exactly. And so that's good. And I've done it. And another time I was in John Lewis, I had, I said, what is, because I had such good experience with a frying pan, I actually did need some oven gloves. And I said to him, mate, I thought I'd put this to the test. I went, he worked, he, his responsibility was for the whole kitchen equipment <clears throat> section, which mm-hmm. is vast at the main John Lewis in the centre of London. And I went, I'm interested in getting some oven gloves. What would you say are the best oven gloves? Fuck me. Different bloke does exactly the same thing, talks me through all of them yeah. from like the bottom T- up Ted to the best. Oven Ted gloves. Talk on oven gloves. I got the best one. Nice one. Uh, the, I've got these two separate red gloves that look like they're made out of rubber. And I'm telling you, mate, you could put them inside a fucking, um, what would you, a furnace. Really? Like the one in Flashdance that she uses she to uses melt to, all the metal. Yeah, yeah. Put them That's in there. That's quite sexy stuff, isn't it? You'd be fine. Yeah. If, I mean, I'd wear, if I was having it off with her, I think Jennifer Grey Jennifer, is her name. Jennifer Grey? Jennifer Beals? No. Uh, maybe. She's now actually plays the mum in Red Oaks, which is a really good Amazon original. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. I can recommend that. Jennifer Beals, mate. Anyway, if I was getting off with Jennifer Beals, who is still really hot, even though... So it's not she's beyond the realms now. of possibility. I reckon I could. If I got the opportunity, yeah. I reckon I could chat her up. I'd wear those gloves. If you bumped into her in John Lewis, <clears throat> do you reckon you could? Oh, Jennifer Beals, <clears throat> fancy seeing you here. I'm the popular writer and broadcaster, Sam Delaney. And if you were hey, near the Sam, frame I pass. know who you are. 
Yeah, anyway. If you were near the frying pans, you could just re- recreate that lecture you got from the fella. Yeah. And impress that the shit her. out of her. Yeah. And cut to us in a nearby uh, hotel suite, me spanking her bum with a nonstick. With a frying pan. <laughs> so I think we've got to the bottom there of why John Lewis is in trouble and um, what they can do about it. Basically, Brexit. Yeah, is that it? But why would Brexit make a difference? I don't know. Brexit's going to make everything worse, isn't it? Do you it? think people are worried about money so they've stopped spending? I, I don't know. I, I think people are buying stuff online now. I don't think people give a shit about Amazon not paying their taxes and no. and, and stuff dying in well, it's, warehouses. It's and convenience stuff like that. and yeah. it's price, isn't it? Those are the two things you look for. You're not ever going to get that. Um, I tell you what, I have done. This is awful. Now I think about it. I have before gone on the John Lewis website, checked out what they stock, mm-hmm. what their best th- things are in a particular range, and then because they won't stock stuff that's shit, they're yeah. like you know they're very discerning in yeah. what they stock. You find out on John Lewis what they stock, mm-hmm. and then you go on Amazon and buy the same thing for cheaper. But is John Lewis never knowingly undersold? They'll price match Amazon, won't they? Oh, yeah. I never knew what that meant. I, de- I literally didn't know what undersold meant. Yeah. They'll price match pretty much anything. I don't know if it's online stuff. Anywhere. Fucking hell. Let's wrap this up. Right. Um, let's end with the uh, news without news. Yeah. See how many of these headlines you'd be tempted to delve deeper into, Sam. Woman shocked to find entire potato in bag of little crisps. <laughs> yeah, I'd read that eight. Yeah, you wouldn't get that in Waitrose either, would no. you? Oh no way. Boy six banned from school because his mohawk could poke someone in the eye. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Is it? Oh yeah. Man finally loses virginity at forty-five after getting bionic penis. <laughs> ten. <laughs> ten. 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 Eleven. <laughs> And finally, live tapeworm still swimming as it was pulled out of man's brain. Oh, my God. That's another nine. They're all strong this week. They are, aren't they? What yeah. a week for stories. There yeah. we go, then. That's just from News Thing for That's this week. That's great. That was News Thing this week. Get in touch on the old Twitter at News Thing and also um, on News Thing or on uh, Top Light Time Machine or other podcasts. Please tell us what your best bits are. Your best bits in films or in your life. Stick to films to begin with, but if you want to give us other categories, then feel free. I hope that was precise enough for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Best bit. Fingering Louise Mason on the crazy golf bunker, um, summer 91. <laughs> Interrupted by drunken Parky. Could only be improved. Downhill Gen- ever since. Could only be improved if it was Jennifer Beals. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Stay in touch. Love you today. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.